Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Planet Comedy Podcast. Mr. Devin Sidham, the host of the Diversity in Life Podcast, joins us today. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me back on, bud. Oh, obviously. It's always such a good time to have you on the show. It's been a while since you've been on the show. A couple weeks. Uh, yeah, it's, actually, it's been a little over a month, I think. I've, uh, I've got four episodes out now on the podcast, uh, and I skipped a week due to Easter, so um, I think... It's been it's probably been a little over a month since I was here last, but uh, that's good. That gives me a little bit to talk about if we get into my show uh, and, oh, yeah. some, and some stuff. And so <clears throat> I've got a little bit of content out there. I now. was about to say we can go right into that now. Actually, this is yeah, perfect, for sure. Perfect transition. Look yeah, at you for sure. As yeah, a, see this a broadcaster I, already. This is what I was talking to you about earlier, man. Yeah. Just go with the flow and it rolls right into it. The immediate thing I asked you about is obviously since we last met, you started your own podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my show, the Diversity in Life podcast, uh, we've got four episodes out now, and uh, it's going great, man. It's really, really going good. I'm learning a and ton of information. Yeah. I, uh, I've got some great, great knowledge that I've gained in the last, you know, month. And, uh, in that, you know, I'm able to share that with everybody. And that, that's what the last four episodes have been. You know, I've talked a little bit about my journey from atheism into spirituality. It touched on aliens a little bit, uh, and a, a little bit of touching on, uh, some heart brain connection and some yoga, and all that ties back in together. All those episodes are intertwined, and the, the knowledge is, uh, you know, connected together, which is really cool. And uh, I'm just glad to be able to share it. So anybody that's out there that wants to give that stuff a listen, if it sparks your interest, the show is out there on pretty much all major platforms. Anywhere so, you can get it, Spotify. Spotify, Apple Music, uh, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora. I mean, pretty much it's like everywhere. I mean, same place. Anywhere you can get a podcast, it should be on there. Yeah, it's a great show. I, I think what your show is, what makes your show so interesting is it's super introspective. I mean, you know, I have a lot of fun doing my podcast. With my podcast, as I always tell people, is a lot of dick jokes and you right. know, <laughs> yeah. nonsense. But well, the dick jokes and the nonsense are a part of our everyday life, whether people want to realize it or not. Oh, you yeah. know, we are beings of humor. That is a part of our existence. So. Uh, having that out there and being able to have a little bit of fun is always good. You know, people like to listen to people the like, comedy. People you know, people like, like to, to laugh. They ha- yeah. people like to laugh. They like to they like the entertainment. Well, and, and I think there's just like when you really you know obviously there's so much going on. But when you take a step back and look at everything, it's really humorous. Or like the world, like oh, just the way the well everything operates. See, in the yeah, world man. This is one thing that I like to talk about on the show because once you take a step back from reality, you know, once you step back away from the grind, once you take a step back from working all the time and tending to your family and doing this and that, and you really, really look at what's going on, it's like it's one big gigantic fucking joke. Yeah. Like it's a re- it's a really big joke. It's crazy. Like you can see uh, if you get on. So the TikTok and Instagram thing, this goes like to the social media censorship and all that stuff. I don't know if you've kept up with that. I don't. The TikTok ban. No. I mean, yeah, like the law that they're trying to pass yeah. or are passing or have Partially, passed. I so, don't. I hope they don't pass it. Only one because it's a great marketing tool. Well, it's not. Like it's like not us. even really about TikTok. It's about censorship in media. Is yeah. what the ban. What the ban technically is, if you want to get into it. But in the gist of this is, if you were to go to Instagram and get on the search and look at just look up france you're gonna see tourist things about france 
You know, things, food, oh, yeah. all the places, all the, all the stuff for France is great. But if you get on TikTok right now and you look up France, do you know what you're going to find? Yeah, you're going to see videos. Of you're going to see videos and, and video live, live news, real time live oh, news yeah. from around the world of what's going on and how people are reacting to situations within their governments. So this shit is crazy powerful because I think that the United States is trying to completely censor that because if the people of the country are seeing firsthand that another country halfway across the world is overthrowing their government and burning shit down and changing the way that things are, that it will happen here too eventually, which well, is, yeah. I mean, which is a, a conversation for a different time, obviously. But, um, yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Well, I, it's obviously something because I don't even think most people here realize that France is in complete disarray. Their economy Absolutely. has collapsed. That's completely. going to be us very soon. Yeah, People don't understand has this. Completely collapsed, and their government has basically—I can't remember what was—finally pushed them over the edge. But they're taking a portion of taxes and they're using it for something that is not supposed to be used for. Right, and that—that's that's the United that's States government. Oh yeah. But yeah, look this up because I'm kind of. Here's the thing I was going to say: the French people. Well, I wonder if they have a connection with our government. Admittedly, because everyone talks shit about them. Not good at the war. Not the best people at the warfare. They are the Michael Jordan of not putting up with government bullshit. This is a group of people who have had like six revolutions. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. They used to chop people's heads off. <laughs> the king would fuck shit up so much that they'd be like, not only are we tired of your shit, we're going to band together, come find you, drag you in the street, kill you, and then probably kill your family. Yeah, absolutely. The French have never fucked around. They are no, the epitome. Listen, I not good at like war, it's... but they are the epitome of telling the government, the more you fuck around, the more you're going to find out. Well, I, Yeah. And I feel like, as a whole, even the United States has, like, lost that, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, we are so Just subject the, the to government U, power. The U.S. government is not afraid of us at all. No. But they should be. Like, I talked about the comparison. We That was us. We talked about the comparison with uh, A Bug's Life. Oh, yeah, dude. When that That's just the rich and powerful of the country. The U.S., I feel like... I don't know, like the deep state... I feel like there's so much more shit that we don't know about. And I've touched on this in my but show the American, a little bit. The American people are so easy to pit against each other that we would never be able to band together. Like, this, like French people have banned. Like, this is a consensus. That's the reason this is so effective. It's like there's not a split between the two French, the French people of like, oh... You know what I mean? This is too far. No, all the French people are... They're in, like, fuck them. Yeah, they're like, yeah! <laughs> like, burn that shit down! Yeah, they're like, fuck them. That's Absolutely. why fuck like this yeah. works. Is because these countries come together. That's why the United States is different. Is because, like... First off, it's probably because there's so many of us. There's so what's going to happen whenever our country... Does something like this? Can, no, when, whenever our economy crashes like this. So I've done a little bit of research, and... I don't know. It hasn't... Ha I don't think it's happened yet, but Saudi Arabia is planning to switch the currencies that they use to purchase oil to the yuan, the Chinese currency, instead of the U.S. dollar. And if they do this, this that literally that action right there will cripple the U.S. dollar. And it will mean pretty much nothing because they can't back it with power through oil. Because oil is huge, dude. Everybody needs oil. And if the U.S. dollar is not the currency for one of the most major profit industries out there 
Like, that's warfare, man. I mean, and this yeah. is the problem. Protest over Emmanuel Macron's decision to raise the country's retirement age with another nationwide demonstration underway on Thursday. That's what it is. They raised the retirement age. <clears throat> they basically told people, we need you to work longer. Yeah. <clears throat> and the French people said, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. How about that? <laughs> I'm just like, listen, you can dislike the French people. They're kind of arrogant. All that shit. I respect this about them. The fact Absolutely. that they said, we need you guys to spend more of your life at work, and the French people are like, yeah, how about you go fuck yourself? We'll burn these buildings down. And then there won't be no more fucking yeah, and work. And then there won't, all be, there won't be work at all. Not and all. then everybody is free, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> you know? In that essence, man. Like, that's exactly that's crazy. what happened. Yeah, dude, oh I agree God. with what you're saying. See, what? and this is the problem. If if the people of the United States, and like I'm going to dive a little bit deep into politics here. If the people of the United States become aware of these things that are happening in France, like that we, obviously their uh, masses of people, the French people are not dealing with the government's horseshit. So they're like, like you said, we're just going to burn it the fuck down and then there'll be no more work. Fuck that. Yeah. Right. So if the if the people of the United States government, like the masses of the people, begin to see this, guess what they're going to do? They're going to look at the way the world works here, and they're going to be like, "Bro, fuck the fifteen dollar minimum wage, fuck this, fuck that, fuck you," and then everything is going to like we'll we'll light fire to shit here too. Like I I don't see it being very far away. I truly don't. It's not. I mean, it just happened. We just had riots like two years ago where people burned stuff i mean this yeah you were that was about like the george floyd stuff yeah but that's what i'm saying like in a similar way like we you already see it here you just haven't seen it on a mass scale it's an issue where a large swath of people can agree on the issue with the riots in 20 in like 2020 and 2021 and i have no problem with them i agree with a lot of the rioters actually i agree with what they were saying like they were just trying to bring attention to the fact that like hey this is fucked up and i agree with them however it's a divisive issue it's going to divide people down unfortunately race lines like you know i mean that's just the way it is i hate that it's that way but that's just the way it is but if you could get an issue like i don't know like societal inequality like the the wealth inequality something like that is going to bring everybody together it doesn't matter what you look like like when everybody realizes it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter where you come from, when they realize how just how much, I mean, we're getting the shaft really from rich, like the uber rich in this country. Oh, yeah. That's like what's going to cause people to eventually be like, well, this is all useless. Like, why am I participating in this fucking grand, wagon wheel? Yeah, it's, it's in this grand conspiracy. It's just a, it's a giant recurring wheel, man. It's, it really is. That's it what really it's going to take for us and, to and, burn itself. Well, yeah. Well, see, this is my thing. A lot of people have started moving off the fucking grid, bro, getting away and just no more work. My work is self-sustaining. My work is making sure that the solar panels are turning and that the animals are fed and that the crops are growing and that the house is sturdy and that everything is good and that I'm building the things that I need to be able to survive. That this sounds, is the thing. Sounds like such a peaceful life. <laughs> Bro, it is a peaceful life, but we don't know about it. We have no fucking clue. Like if you if you really dive down and look at people that are living off the grid, you have no fucking idea because those people have completely cut themselves off 
from all of the distractions that the world plays. And all that they do is they're pretty much one with nature and they're one with themselves and their family because that's all that they have and that's all that they need. And I'm like, I've done a lot of research about people that do shit like we do. People that run podcasts or people that run YouTube channels about spreading the word for living off the grid. And that's, that's their form of community. That's their, that's their form of outside communication where they can reach out, but it's only in an essence to show people that it is possible to get out, that it is not so crazy expensive that you can do it and that people are capable and that you don't have to depend on this shit. You don't have to depend on any of this. None, none of it. And I talk about this on my show too, a lot. Like there are, there is scientific evidence and I'm going to talk just for a second about my show. There's scientific evidence of civilizations that date back to 11,000 to 15,000 years ago. And this is way, way longer than like the Mayan civilizations and stuff like that. The Aztecs, all that good jazz 5,000 years ago. In that essence, how are we so naive to believe that we have to have all of this shit and all of this garbage in our lives to be able to function properly and thrive in a, and be our best and most capable selves? You know what I mean? It's a really deep hole to go down. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, I. it's just it's such an interesting thing to think about because I feel like, you know, we're all just so used to the way things are. We're all just so used to, like, normal civilization and the way things have been forever that I don't think anyone ever thinks about. Yeah, because we're ingrained. What it would be like to yeah. disconnect from. At that point, it's like. It's like second nature. Well, yeah, it's like, well, I'm trying to think of the word. It's like a. Think of a word for branching off or being the odd one out. It is, it's, it's been conceived now that you're an odd individual and that some, you're weird if you want to not be a part of society. If you want to just be... You're your, considered an outcast. Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, that's a good word. An outcast. But in an essence, you're not an outcast. I just think like... It's really hard. It's deep. It's man. hard to explain. Like, it's there's just such a. I think for a lot of people, there's just such an inherent connection to what we consider community. Like this world that we live in. This inherent. But I think part of that is like when you look at. That's what we'll, we'll get into <clears throat> here and just like here probably here just momentarily about like so when you look at like social media, like social media is designed for instant gratification in a way. Absolutely. And I feel like that's the thing that people can't disconnect themselves from. It's like you're. It's such a... You have to be... Nobody's in the moment. No. Nobody can live in the moment anymore. Like, you can't just live your own life. You can't just live your life. Oh, yeah. It's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard. hard. Well, and I'm guilty of it. Like, I I have all the Mm -hmm. social media. And a lot of it is for this show. But, you know, and and a lot of the reason I have social media is, like, there are just things on there that I... Like, things that I find funny. I try to filter my social media with... Right. Out of a lot of bullshit. I do the same thing. But it's almost like you can't help but interact with the negative parts of because the there's negative parts to it all even the positive stuff you know? yeah even the stuff that you think is good like my my social media my facebook my tiktok page my twitter page all of it is filtered with stuff that's you know based around the stuff that my podcast is based around spirituality uh aliens ets you know the just the human experience that's not talked about very often really like deep knowledge stuff and stuff that people don't talk about it in a 
you know, normal sense, but it's because I've dived deep. I've, you know, I've searched, I've done the research and like the algorithms in my cell phone and on these apps have, like you said, linked things to that. And that can be a good thing, but it's also, it's also a bad thing because, you know, there's good and bad in everybody's perspective. Oh yeah. Good and bad in everybody's perspective. Well, as we talk about Twitter, one of the top people on Twitter right now is Mr. Logan Paul. His brother just announced a fight that me I have been so interested to talk about with you and everyone I know who's an MMA or Splash Fight fan. Right. So Jake Paul is going to fight Nathaniel Diaz from the UFC. Yeah, UFC gonna... legend, likely mm. UFC future UFC Hall of Famer, which I have a hot take about later because I was going to say despite the fact that he's never won a UFC championship. I don't think it matters. I really, I really, truly don't think it matters to to be a well, champion I, I, to go into the Hall of Fame. You know I'm glad you do. I'm glad you do. Or, I, no, I truly don't think I, so. I do. <laughs> I, I believe that Nate Diaz is absolutely one of the greatest. I'm glad. Of all time. I'm glad you're on the show. I've been I, you coming on the show made me think of this take that I have that I've been waiting on. That I've been sitting on. It's fucking. When I say it's hot, Devin, I'm saying this is a smoldering take. I'm getting ready to give you here, probably about now. Steaming. Yeah, we're going to get into it, man. So I've got a couple notes here that I wrote down about Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz that I want to bring up, and one is the age difference. So this is a huge fucking deal for me because I am not really the greatest fan of Jake Paul, only for the fact of he's... What is the age difference between them? How old is Jake? Jake Paul. He's got to be our age. 26. 26. He is a year younger than me. Yeah. Shut the fuck I'll up. I'll be 27 in July. Yeah, so me and Jake Paul, same age, 26 years old. Now look up Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz so is close to, he's close to 40. He's close to 40. Right there. He's got to be. 38. <laughs> 38 to 26. So that's 12 years difference. 12 years difference. Now now let's get in from there. So there, there you go. There's a 12-year age difference. That's the first thing that I wanted to talk about that I have a note on. The second is career difference. How long Jake Paul has been doing fights? We talked about this just a few moments ago. Three years. Three years. Boxing. <clears throat> three boxing years three. In, the, in the fighting game. And before this, he was an entertainer. He was a YouTuber. He was a YouTuber. Actor. And I'm pretty sure he was on like Disney like when he was a kid. I can't remember. And now I know. I Lo- want to say. It doesn't Logan matter. Logan was a Division One wrestler. <clears throat> right. At Ohio. So he is legitimate, has legitimate combat sports history. I don't know if Jake was. Let me so go back. Basically. I know him and Jake went to the University of Ohio together, I believe. But I don't know if Jake was um, actually... Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. But go on with what you're saying. Yeah, so take that. He's been in boxing for three years. He was a Vine YouTube and whatever entertainer for his, you know, younger age, his younger time. And when you look at Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz is a born, literally born and raised street fighter in Stockton, California. Grew up in the hood, and then once he got older, he started professionally fighting. Okay, yeah, they both wrestled in college. I know who Logan did. 
because <clears throat> I'd seen, I remember seeing vines with him. I mean, it's okay. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that he's in boxing, so it plays no yeah. part. Well, I'm just saying, like the maybe the endurance, the, the athleticism, the athleticism. The, the, yeah, you know, for sure, the dedication, but, the knowing what it takes to yeah. be involved in a combat sport. Yeah, but in the essence, though, I <clears> like <throat> to think that Nate, like, look up Nate Diaz's record real quick. Let's. I don't know this offhand, so I don't want to put any numbers out there. Record in MMA is 22 and 13. 22 and 13. So this means that Nate Diaz has been in the octagon in professional fights 33 times. When I do know this, he's only been like finished TKO style. I've never been knocked out. Never been knocked out. Once. No. Kick from Josh Thompson. And that wasn't even a full on knockout. He just got TK. Yeah, he got let the. He's stop. never been stone cold knockout. He's never been like. The, the last out. time he was finished was by Jorge Mazda and it was doctor stoppage. It didn't have anything to do. They yep. didn't get put to sleep. No, no, they stopped it. But, and this is the problem. This is a tough motherfucker right here, bro. This is one of the toughest motherfuckers that ever walked into the octagon in the UFC, and that is straight up said by many. That's said by Rogan and John Anik, Paul Felder, DC. I mean, you're talking about a literal legend, dude. Oh yeah, uh, and this Nate is why Diaz I is believe a, that he. Yeah, this is why I believe that they. They certified Stone Cold badass legend. Yeah, hundred percent. See if I can. Nasty. Like we'll go in there and talk shit, and then we'll come into the octagon and fucking put the hands up and talk like. Back it up, you know. There we go. That's what who I was talking about. So Andre Ward uh, was a retired, was a retired professional boxer himself. He fought for a long time. Andre Ward or, or Andre Ward was a badass, a certified, legitimate pound for pound one of the best boxers on earth. Uh, he used to train with Andre Ward, Nate Diaz, did. and Andre Ward has claimed that Nate Diaz could be a professional boxer. I would say so. If he would have took up boxing, probably in his in his prime, his his late twenties, early thirties, aside from MMA and stayed away from the UFC, he probably could have been a world champion in boxing. But now, he, I think he's too old, and this is going to play a problem in his fight. I don't know right now what Nate Diaz's stamina looks like because I know from his fight with Leon when he went twenty five, he was gassed, bad. As fuck. And he was still throwing punches. He was still throwing punches. Don't get me wrong. He was landing powerful shots, but he was gassed. But in that essence, there's probably a lot more movement in MMA. You've got to worry about kicks and blocking a lot more than you do in the boxing. So it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting show. But I truly, I think that what's going to happen is that either Jake Paul's going to win by decision, or Nate Diaz is going to knock him the fuck out. I think it, the most likely scenario is Jake by decision. I think so. Absolutely. <clears throat> I think that is the I think most if, likely I think scenario. if Nate puts a storm on him and catches him one good time, he'll put the lights out. I think – I. But this is the problem. I don't know if Nate can knock Jake out cold, but I think if Nate hurts Jake, Nate is smart enough, and he really is a good – probably a good enough boxer to – just keep the pressure on him and keep hurting him and keep hurting him. He might TKO him. I think that's the way Jake and Nate wins. Is Nate just beats him up so bad that eventually Jake they, is just like, I don't, want, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. <laughs> do you think it would go by body shot or by face punches? 
probably. I man, think that Jake Paul's going to be going after the body. I think Jake Paul should go after the body of Nate Diaz because if you wear that body out, think, listen, man, you're almost a forty year old man. Your I body can't withstand. I think that's what Jake. I think about. Nate needs to go for the head, and I think that Jake Paul needs to go for the body shots because if he can land some killer, nice kidney shots, bro, he'll shut Nate Diaz down. My thing he's is, he's an old man, bro. And he's been hit hard a lot. Oh, yeah. You can put a test to Nate Diaz's chin, but how many times in his MMA career has people put a test to his like his his body shots? Not very many because people always want to focus on knocking him the fuck out because he's so tough. Jake Paul needs to take a step back and be like, I'm going to do something that's not in the normal, and I'm going to go after the bottom and wear the fucking body out. Dude, if you lay hooks all night long in eight rounds. I mean, we just you just saw it with Javante Davis and yeah, bro. Ryan yeah. Garcia. Yeah, we just – yeah. Ryan Garcia and Javante Davis just I mean, last night. <clears throat> Seventh round, <throat> knockout. Javante Davis, Davis was just working the body. Working the, whole the body, fight. left hook, nasty, right to the kidneys, and, and dropped Ryan Garcia to a knee, and he couldn't stand back up 10 seconds. Fight's over. you know. And this is what it boils down to. If you hit in the right spot with the right amount of juice, man, it don't matter who the fuck you are, how tough you are, bro, your organs will stop, and you will fucking drop to your knees. Yeah. And this goes to, like, I, I can reference another fight. Uh, and we talked about this, I think, a little bit the last time I was on, was Rory McDonald and uh, Robbie Lawler, too. You know, this this is one of the greatest fights in MMA history, literally. Like, every expert will say, that if you want to get into UFC, this is the one you need to watch. And that was a war until the very end when, you know, Robbie Lawler hit Rory McDonald with a, a jab that literally broke his nose and fucked him up so bad that he literally could not see. He couldn't see to fight no more, so he had to drop down. He had to, he had to. There's nothing else you can do. When your body, it doesn't matter how strong your mind is, when your body takes too much, it will shut down. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's the way he needs to go. You need to take Jake Paul and you need to wear down the body of Nate Diaz because he's an old ass man. Because if you don't wear the body down and you're trying to stand up and box with him, he's got 22 and 13 record. He grew up in Stockton, California, fighting on the street with thugs. You're going to get your ass whooped, Jake Paul. Like, that's the way I think about it. I think for me, I think you're right. I think if Jake would take a more, would take an intelligent fight plan, <clears throat> just try to kind of cut Nate down round by round and use his youth and exuberance to kind of wear him down, I think it would work. I don't think that's what Jake's going to do. No. I think his mentality, knowing Jake Paul, is he just got outclassed by Tommy Fury, which is true. There are people who will argue that they think Jake won that fight. They're fucking crazy. I watched that fight. I've watched it a couple of times. Jake, There's always people out there. <clears throat> yeah, like that. Jake. What I told is what I told you. When he landed, it looked worse because Jake can punch. That's what I've learned over his time fighting. He does have a legitimate right hand. So when he hit Tommy, it looked like you could tell Tommy was like, whoa, that hurt way more than I thought it was going to. But Tommy didn't get hit a lot. And he wore Jake out. I mean, just stood in front of him and constant didn't pressure. get hit and kept hitting Jake and constant kept hitting pressure. him. And it was constant jab, constant jab, right hook combination, con you know, just kept hitting him, kept hitting him, kept hitting him. Like, wasn't big shots. He wasn't, you know, See, but it's not beating gonna be like Jake that. all over the ring. It's not going to be like but that. That's what I'm saying. He didn't have to. He. That's what concerns me about this Nate fight because I think Nate be like can that. do that. Nate can do the same thing that Tommy just did. I don't. Which is just, I'm going to stand in front of you. <clears throat> You're not going to be able to knock me out. I'm just going to outbox you. You're not. I'm going to make it where you don't hit me as much as I hit you, and you're going to get tired. 
And I think there's a chance I think that happens. Nate Diaz wears out before Jake Paul, and this is where I go back to where. See, I, I don't say, think that because I think Jake wants something spectacular because he just lost in a pretty dominant fashion. He's going to try to like knock him out. Yeah, he wants to put the, the lights out. He wants to do to him what he did to Tyron Woodley. Because if he does this to Nate Diaz, you know his name's back in light. Superstar, yeah. So I think it's possible. Jake Paul knocks out Nate Diaz. Yeah, I think yeah. it's possible that Jake goes swinging for the fences and wears himself down, and Nate just kind of peppers him. I could see it. I could see it. And the toughness. So this is the thing, too, toughness. We don't know how tough Jake Paul is. Jake Paul's never been in that crazy, you know, war. He's been hit really hurt once. That's what I'm saying. Like, Nate Diaz has been fucking through the ringer, bro. You know, like, this guy has had his ass whooped hard. Like, him and Conor McGregor, bro, put it out. Like, if you go back and you watch Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz, I don't even know how many times they fought. Three, maybe, or two? I'm not sure. But nasty. Just both of them, constant back and forth. It's it's an interesting matchup. And that's what I have on here, too, is toughness and speed, like... Nate Diaz probably tougher. Jake Paul definitely probably gonna come through with the with the faster speed because he's you got a fucking twelve year age difference there. You know, like that's a big gap. That's a big gap. It'll be interesting. I mean, I just I don't know. I have a lot of faith in Nate, but I don't. I do and I don't. I think the most likely scenario is like you said, Jake wins by decision because he's faster. He's younger. He can probably maybe able to land more shots. I I don't know. Theoretically, you would think he could take more punishment. But Nate's so tough that I don't know that that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Time will tell, man. And it's August 5th. Damn, that's a long time away. August 5th in Texas. I'd love to see that. In Taos. That bitch can be sold out. Yeah. Here, Jay, this is the biggest side of Jake's career. Because here's the thing. <clears throat> if you lose to Tommy Fury and then you go beat Nate Diaz, you're fine. Even if you just beat him by decision, you're fine. You can keep moving. You have a win over Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz comes down there to Texas after you just lost Tommy Fury and whoops that ass. You're done for, bro. That's it. You, there's no you. I don't know that you can do this anymore because everybody's just gonna be like, oh, so like, I mean, yeah, that's you're tough. not good at this at all. You're getting your ass whooped by a 40 year old UFC fighter. Yeah, like you're actually you just pick dudes who can't box. Those are the dudes you beat up because that's what people will say. That's what people are saying now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I. Here's the thing. It all depends on, like, if Andre Ware or Andre Ward is telling the truth and he's just like, nah, Jay, Nate Diaz is the, like, it can fucking box. That's a problem. I really do think it's a problem. Like, people are going to call mean, me. Yeah, Nate Diaz can fucking box. Jake's, he's got one of the nastiest jabs that we've ever seen Jake in the is UFC. The, Jake is because Jake is the favorite right now. And he should be. I think he should be. Nate's older. I mean, yeah, Nate's older. His granddaddy's not a boxer. And he's never boxed professionally. But. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good From one. you got to think now, how much time does Nate Diaz have to get in there and train for this now? You know, how much time does he have to get into the gym, get in the best shape that he can be in? Well, here's the, yeah, that's the thing I'm saying. And, and if, you know, as the fucking ranked 12th ranked greatest boxer pound for pound of all time says that dude could be a professional boxer, I fucking believe him. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I Like, listen, I, mean, I haven't if, seen what any. What does it say? Ha- held multiple world championship in two weight classes. Between 2009 and 2015. Yeah. He was the unified light heavyweight champion at 2016. He was he was the go- Olympic gold medalist in 2004. 
Yeah, this guy. Yeah, you can't you can't put stock against his words for sure. So <clears throat> that's my thing. If he if Nate Diaz can box like that, I haven't hear, heard anybody say anything like any professional boxer saying anything about about Jake. I don't know. It's I've heard people say Jake. The thing I've heard about Jake is he's better than I thought he was. I've never heard anyone say that dude could be a professional boxer. That's the thing about Jake Nate, Jake Paul. These dudes who train with him, when you really look at what they say, what they say is he's better than I expected him to be. Like he's more proficient. Got potential. Yeah, he's more proficient at this than I expected an entertainer to be three years in. Got they potential. don't say he could be a professional boxer. Got potential. That's it. Yeah. and Potential. And I just don't know that people pick up on that. Like he's never, I just don't know that Jake is ever going to get past a certain level of boxing. I mean, because you can't just pick like you don't. You can't just pick up boxing at twenty six. I don't care how athletic you are. No, you can't. There's dudes who have been doing this, you know, like Ryan Garcia since they were like six, and are super athletic and super talented. And it, you know, what I mean, well, in, in that essence, you could go to you could switch gears from boxing and go to the UFC and talk about Raul Ro, Ro, Rosas Jr. Is that how you say his name? This kid's eighteen years old. Comes into the UFC, gets a dub, his debut submission. Comes in the second fight all hot and hot and bothered and gets fucking Marked. wore out. Gets destroyed. He, he, I feel bad, so bad for him because that. Kid, I feel bad for he's the getting kid. sage Northcut. That's Northcutted. That's what's happening. Is he had a spectacular, spectacular first performance? People need to remember this is a kid. This is a kid. Like yeah, of course that's gonna happen. He's fighting a fucking grown man. This is so I'm gonna I'm gonna compare this kid to Max Holloway. And I, this was just recent. Max Holloway fought Arnold Allen in one in beautiful fashion. I don't know if you watched that card or not. I watched a little bit. Max of it. Holloway. So I, I actually told one of my friends, I was like, I don't know, man. I really want Max to win, but Arnold Allen is nasty. Arnold Allen was 28, I think, at the time of the fight. Max is 31 right now. Max has already been champion. Held championship, fought with the greats. Was a champ for the for a long time. For, was champ for a long time. Max Holloway, I'm pretty, he might even be in the Hall of Fame already, at 31 years old, like legend. And I was like, man, Max is getting old. You know, Arnold Allen's nasty. I want Max to win though. Want Max to win though. Come in, Max Holloway puts on a fucking sh- dominating show, man, in nasty fashion, because he's young. Still, he's in his prime. 31 years old is the physical prime of the human body. That's when you're in your prime condition. It's like 31 to 35, 36 years old. And that's Max right now. But that kid, Raul Rosas Jr., man, he's so fucking young, bro. He's 18. How many fights can you have if you're in the UFC at 18 years old until you hit your your peak physical prime? That's what I'm saying, dude. He's... He got fucking twelve years. He can't even legally buy beer. He can't even legally buy alcohol. Yeah. And if there's ever a time that that kid listens to this podcast, dude, don't lose your heart because you you can be champion. Oh yeah. One day for Just, straight up. Because for me, this is this would be more like a message for Dana White. Like, stop putting this kid in UFC fights. Like, yeah, it's super cool that he got that one win. 
don't fucking push it. Like he's an eighteen-year-old man. You can't be you can't be putting him up against rank. You know what I mean? Well, even, that's the spotlight. Even higher people in this division, like even that's higher unranked guys, like, you bro. can't do that. Shit. And it sucks because like what's going to happen now is that kid will probably take six months off training, getting back into it. Maybe even longer than that. He'll come back to the. He'll come back his next fight in the UFC, and. There's a chance he'll get mauled again. There's a chance he'll get mauled again, but there's also a chance that he'll take what he learned, yeah, and practice and work hard and come back and whoop fucking ass. My thing, my worry with him is that like no matter how much you learn, like there's only so much you can do at that age, physical strength wise, against somebody like our age. Like if I, you know what I mean, like if you're a 27 year old UFC fighter, I wonder when it is and you've that been your doing, muscles fully and developed. Let's just say like you know you're a talented like unranked 135er and you fight Ro, you know Rojas, who's 19 years who people say 19 years old by the next time he has his ufc fight like there's only so much physically you're going to be able to do to someone who's that much older that much more mature than you i I don't know if you've ever noticed like father strength you ever notice when you're a kid like or even a teenager and you're like fucking around with your dad or something and And you're like why are you so strong they just have that retard dad strength you know they're just like oh without question they're stronger than you no matter what and then you hear about 25 and you're like, oh, oh, this is what that was. This is what the, this is that fucking man strength, bro, yeah. you know? Yeah. But that's what that is, I feel like. Yeah. And I feel like, and I feel like he'll have an issue with that for yeah, sure. It's just, but you also have to keep in mind that this kid's probably like crazy fucking flexible, lightning fast, like so fast. I know, we say that and you look at someone like Brian Garcia, who's like, what, 24, 23, and they're just murking dudes. So... I, there is a skill component to it. Like, Rojas is probably skilled enough that he could beat a lot of dudes. Well, him. his thing but is, it, is thing he's is, not a striker. He's more grapple. Yeah, more grapple submission. Kind of like a Charles Oliveira, just a baby version, you know, which is nice. But um, What a compliment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. Charles, Charles Oliveira is one of the absolute greatest of all time. You could follow in his Dude, the run absolutely. he just went on before he got, you know, mauled by Islam. That That's a run. That's a run through the lightweight division. I mean, he yeah, just marked bro. everybody. He, he took out everybody. Everybody. I would put him. I would, took out Dustin. I would wonder what Charles Oliveira versus Habib looks like. That one really interesting. When he was, you mean when he was hot? When uh, Charles like, was like, flying high? Like, I mean, yeah, just Charles in his prime and Habib in his prime, both of them. I would and probably give it to Khabib. I would definitely give it to Charles. I think Habib got his record from a bunch of like. Tomato cans. Tomato cans. You know, and he did. Then, I mean, but I'm not going to say that biggest, he's. I'm the bigger. I, I was. I'm not going to say that Habib's not good because he's like no. phenomenal and like. Here's the thing. I was on the Habib bandwagon from the very beginning, and I still stand by to this day. He ragdolled world class fighters, but tw- out of those 27 victories, not all of them. Are, people act like that. His 27 victories, every single one of them was like a war. Yeah, he was fighting like you know and dominated. Charles, yeah, Charles Oliveira or you know. No. Not gonna Conor say he's McGregor. not tough as fuck. No. Those Russians grow up a different yeah. way, man. I'm so telling you. His first couple of years in the UFC, he was fighting guys that, and part of it was because he was so dangerous, and there probably wasn't anybody that wanted to fight him. But he was fighting dudes that were not on his level. Then he was just murking them. And I'm like, yeah, of course you are. But then as you go up, you think, but it, that's not how it went in his case. No, he, well, he. But Charles Oliveira's got a very good record. He's the dudes in his division, he got to a point where, like, I would say his biggest win was beating Connor. And Connor's out of his prime by then. Connor had, you know, been doing entertainment stuff and boxing for a year. 
And that's his most publicized one. His most impressive win was when he beat Dustin. It was when Dustin was murking everybody and then fought Khabib and then Khabib just mauled him for a round Shut and a half. Down. Yep. And that's that how it was with Connor, and that's how it was with everybody, and Justin Gaethje, yep, everybody. Dude. That, that was where he impressed everybody. It was the When he won the title, and then the two, three fights after that, when he just murdered everybody. But you kind of it, it did feel like the division kind of started popping I don't popping think they should have ever left. gave Habib the pound-for-pound pound number one. I don't know that he was ever the pound-for-pound pound number one fight. Here's the thing. Nobody has been pound for pound better than John Jones. Ever in the history of the world. Yeah, ever never. since John, John started fighting. Never, never, never. Because there are people that argue Khabib is the GOAT, and I'm just like, he's just not. No. The, the level of competition. The, the number one fighter in the history of the combat sports, John Jones, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. The level Nobody's of ever done what he's fair. done, ever, ever. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll go from the fighter conversation to perfect, because we're talking about Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. <clears throat> to like, because one thing I wanted to talk about with you know, because like the Paul brothers, how their career started was Vine. They oh, Vine like, was yeah, so good. Were, I man, listen, I never really got into Vine. I remember when it was huge. We were probably like what sophomores. Yeah, in school. 15, 16, 17. Freshmen or sophomores in school. I remember it was huge. It was like it was the original TikTok. Uh, yeah, the original TikTok. There was a, there was another one. It was even crazier than TikTok because it was only like the videos going to be like fifteen seconds long. No, I don't think it was fifteen. Maybe like thirty. Yeah, Maybe something like that. Seconds, yeah, but very short, very short. And there was a way that you could like text through it too. I think, right? I think a message, like private message through Vine too. I, I think a, so, something like that. <clears throat> I think really that was the birth of the of what we're seeing now. Social media platform, yeah, like Vine, the creators of that, Dude, like, the, was the birth of all of the. Because the one, like, the thing I wanted, the big thing that I was super into about the podcast bringing you on along, just talking about Nate, like, obviously with the fight stuff and Nate and Jake fighting each other is, like, the rise of these influencers. Like, of these, of these, like, I don't even know how to put it, like, these self-made people who just posted their own content and have well, reached this fucking insane level well, of yeah. cultural meaning. Dude, dude so powerful this is the thing you can even tie this into fighting too because you've got rogan right yeah and rogan is the, the man in the fight game did you watch the big the big pay-per-views the fight cards the rogan is there he's commentating he's part of that you know what i'm saying so and he takes that and then he does his mma show from that and then you've got jre the joe rogan experience which is absolutely fantastic and all number of one podcast on places earth. number one podcast on earth yeah nobody tops it he is the captain yeah. of the podcast ship. Yeah, he really is. You know what I'm saying? Like Rogan is the, the number one, the basically the original gangster when it comes to podcasting. Like he is the man. Well, he's the one. Uh, Rogan is the one that made us all of us podcasters kind of realize, like, oh, you can make like a legit career out of this. Yeah, like you can make like real money. And then you know you look at some like you know someone like. Like Alex Cooper, the Call Her Daddy podcast, where today fucking she was just making videos on Instagram and then got discovered by Dave Portnoy and Barstool and blew up in like six months. Yeah. That's a dude, her story is the craziest to me because of the quickness. Oh, I've been man. doing this podcast for like three years. It don't take, yeah. On and off. She, from like six months, those two girls had like three million subscribers. And That's now crazy. she's the number, I think, two or three behind well, Brogan and Paul. Well, the thing that that really is crazy 
is Rogan is kind of the backbone for a lot of people. You know, just like you said, people were a lot, people seeing that like, holy shit, you can make a career out of this or holy shit, man, you can make some decent money out of this if you actually like work towards it and, and put in the time and the effort, you know? But then also, I think in my, in my case, it was, damn, look at the amount of people he's able to reach. Well, I, that's what I was going to say. I think, you know, like it, for me, it's like in, in, in my show, in my experience, it's, all this crazy empowering information that I have that I'm learning to share with people that like helps you live a better life. The number one thing is like po- podcasting is the platform and this is the place to be, to get the message out, you know, whatever, it, whatever it may be like, this is the place to do it because Rog- Rogan is proof, man, that that podcast you were talking about with those two girls, that's proof that people can take an idea. It can be nothing and it can start small. And then like you're fucking reaching hundreds of millions of people. Yeah, dude. Which I mean, crazy. give you opportunities that you never would have. I mean, and like, even with you, like you said, you've been doing this for three, like how long? Three, three years, three years, three years off and on. And like, you've had conversations with, with millionaires on here. Yeah. And, that, like, that's powerful stuff, bro, and people just don't realize it. They just well, don't know. The wildest thing to me, dude, it's, like, when you look at someone like the Paul brothers, like, they like, they started their career on Vine, and you look at where they're at now. Like, Jake, like Logan has the second biggest, second or third, depending on the week, biggest podcast on earth. And that is just, like, going from making 30-second videos mm-hmm, in that. your dorm room in at the college of ohio to now you have the second or third biggest podcast on the planet and you are a household name whether you love or hate the paul brothers that everyone knows who they are and you have you know and, and now a nationally known like dude i had to buy that fucking prime drink from my fiance's kids because they fuck with it and she even tried it she's like it's really not that bad so like the like he has a nationally fucking recognized energy drink now. Like they there's so many different opportunities that you that have been created by this kind of wave of ability to produce your own content. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like I I wrote down a little list here of some some that I have that that profoundly impacted me and like my thought processes and the way that I think and live. Uh, Rogan is one of them, obviously. Like the Joe Rogan experience, so much for one, so much crazy information, digestible in a in a very easy manner that helps for people to intake and apply, right? And then you got Steve Harvey, one of my favorites, bro. Love Steve Harvey, like, and Steve Harvey's like an old older guy, right? And I don't know if you're so much focused on the younger social media influencers, but I just, know I know just as some social, of the older guys, yeah. Social media influencers like Steve Harvey, man, like it's everywhere for me. Like if I get on TikTok, I see Steve Harvey. Facebook, Steve Harvey. If I get on Instagram, I see Steve Harvey clips. Just motivational stuff, stuff just to get you get you in the right frame of mind and, and feeling. And uh, that that shit is powerful, man. Because he he hosts a radio show, you know. He's got like millions of people, dude, listening to him every single day. And, like, that's an outlet. That's a powerful outlet where Steve Harvey's, like, helping millions of people, man, get through and work and, like, do better in their life, do better things, more positive things, live better lives. And that's what it's all about, right? And then uh, Steve Harvey, like, Tony Robbins, you ever heard of him? Yeah, John. Tony Robbins is the same way, man. <clears throat> Excellent guy. Super powerful stuff. You, anywhere you see him, whether it's Snapchat, 
TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. You I see him on TV. On Rogan. <laughs> or Rogan, yeah, even. Yeah, like, yeah, man, getting him on Rogan, seriously. Like, and I'm pretty sure he actually has his own podcast. I don't know exactly what it's called, but I think he runs his own show. But regardless of the fact, influencer seen by millions of people, like, is an author, writes books, promotes, like, does live events for people. Like, just a... a He's an influencer in general uh, of positivity and good stuff, like really good stuff. Danny Morell, I've mentioned this to you. Uh, I talk about him a lot on my podcast. Big, big inspiration for me. Super, super positive guy, man. Just all really about like love and creating and being the best person in your life. Getting rid of all the traumas, all the bad stuff, you know, working all that out and becoming your best self. And then my number one for social media influencers right now, if you get anywhere, bro, Gary V is everywhere, I feel like. Do you Gary know who that is? Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. You've never seen him. Oh, God. Look him up on YouTube. You have to have seen Gary V somewhere. I'm sure I have. I just didn't know who it was. You're not uh, typing, I don't think. This fella? That's him right there, dude. You've never seen this guy? I feel like I probably have. Oh, man. He does a lot of shorts. He's just like so good. Go up, go up to those shorts right there. I don't know. Soggy or crunchy cereal? <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. <clears throat> He's probably on a podcast with somebody like He's me. really big about helping people make positive content. What to do when you don't know your passion. Maybe click that one. Oh. Everyone's so upset and disappointed they don't know their passion, and I tell them, this is the best day of your life. You get to explore for the next three years. Yeah. Just do a bunch of things. I don't know what my passion is, Gary. Good, spend the next three years trying stuff. Take a cooking class, go skiing, play board games, drink wine, drink bourbon, drink sake, eat strawberries, get into sneakers. Like, you're not gonna know unless you try. Everyone's so upset and disappointed they don't Yeah, dude. Okay. You've never He's, seen him though. I've never seen this Man, guy ever. So this guy's just got some. But the reason I'm making this video is everyone needs to try to have a podcast. Of course, not everyone's going to be good at it. As a matter of fact, most people will not be good at it. However, the point of this video is so many of you have been contemplating it. So many of you have been debating it. But you're scared. You're scared that nobody's going to listen. You're scared that you're not going to be good at it. Good news. That's probably right. However. If you go narrow, I have a friend right now who I said, uh, you should do a podcast and you should do it on these two interests. And he got back to me and he's like, okay, I'll do it on this. And it was so broad, it was like every other podcast. I go, no, 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 these two things are what you're into. So if you're into waffles and breakfast and cycling, it should be called Eggs and Wheels with Johnny Thompson. Everyone needs to try to make a podcast. Do 10, 20 episodes. You'll learn a ton from it. You'll get some social media content out of it. Not everybody needs a podcast. I like that fire, bro. Yeah. What do you mean? Look here. Here's a really good thing. I think go to your Google tab right there, and then uh, just look up Gary V. I'm pretty sure he has a website, bro. Like how you can spell like this now. That's much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. GaryVanyerChuck.com. Oddly enough. Yeah, bro, this guy just a lot of good stuff. I need to make me a website. 
Straight up. Straight up. I had one through Podbean whenever I started the show, but I don't use it anymore because I don't use that platform no more. But See, but like he's, he's got his own show, dude. Like, super good, man. Probably Just a really positive dude. Like, this guy platform. went through the shit, bro. Like, went through the shit of life. And came out on the other side of it and was just like, we just got to be positive and spread love, bro. This guy is just a vessel for helping people get through hard times and shit, you know? I know that that sounds foolish and a little crazy, but like, Yeah, really, I understand what you're saying. Like, go to, the, go to the About Me or like the, the My Story thing right there and see what that says. Up on the Gary Vaynerchuk. Like the tab the very top. On the this screen. one? Yeah. This is very short. At 14 years old, Gary gets a job stocking shelves in his family's business. Shoppers discount liquors. Relatable. Gary and his dad, Sasha, renamed the store Wine Library and launched winelibrary.com, one of the first e-commerce platforms for alcohol in the country. He eventually grows the business from $4 to $60 million in annual sales during his tenure. <laughs> Wine Library TV is born. One of the first long-form episodic videos on, on YouTube, YouTube where Gary, Gary provides, provides reviews and commentary on the wines <clears throat> sold in his father's So at this store. point, he's like pretty, he's getting well famous. Yeah. Gary gives a keynote speech at Web 2.0 in New York City that will ultimately change his career. That speech becomes a backbone of Gary's $1 million 10-book deal with Harry Carper Collins and puts him on the map as a headlining keynote speaker gary's first book crush it is published it later goes to become gary's first new york times bestseller during this period gary becomes begins an angel investing in notable companies including facebook twitter tumblr user snap and venmo that's wild as shit after a thousand episode gary ends wine live tv to fully focus on his newly started agency vayner media Gary has done a new episode nearly every day for five years, launching him into internet fame status, solidifying his obsession in community, with community building and engagement. So basically, he was a, in a way, a social media influencer himself. Yeah, bro. Like his just, whole life, just build much. his career out of. Yeah, that's fair. whenever you whenever you told me that this is what the show was going to be about, man, this guy was my main focus. I really, 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 really enjoy his stuff. Like he, I'm pretty. We might have even watched a clip on the last episode of him talking about hit like cursing in like schools and shit and around his family and around his kids. This guy, he has no filter at all, zero. No, does yeah. not give a fuck. He was like, you don't like it, Karen. You think that my daughter's not gonna uh, succeed in life because she says the word fuck? you're wrong and uh, I'm sorry that our views are different you know like he's just really outspoken and open minded and he's got a lot of really really fucking good information bro a lot of good stuff like this website I'm pretty sure this website's got all kinds of cool shit on it I've never even been here but I knew he had a website really, I knew he had a website it's really powerful man really cool I mean, like it's... and you you can go through and obviously see this like this guy's story like what happened yeah sure he may have lived a decent life growing up but you got to understand that he probably went through heartache and all the bad shit as well growing up, dealing with family business, the stresses of that. What a time. Yeah. And look, VCon 2023, he has this whole event that he goes out and he, he's a public speaker, bro. He goes out and talks and, 
and does this 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 shit. U.S. Like, Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Damn, U.S. Bank Stadium is huge. Econ is the first of its kind, Web3, super conference built around NFTs, pop culture, entrepreneurship, marketing, and innovation. Oh, Lord. Sounds like quite the event. Right? Hey, man, I respect it. It's quite the hustle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's... Like, he's really huge on helping people build, like, online businesses. Like letting people know, like just make the fucking content, bro. Just put it out there. Like I, I think if you d- dove in and looked a little at him, that you would, you would like it very. I much. think I, I do like it because here's the thing: I've always wanted. I mean, that's what I plan on doing. I have plenty of content that I'm gonna, you know, content. Yeah, I'm hell yeah. Episode of content yeah. that I'm making. Yeah. So it I puts really, us in the same boat, man. Yeah, it puts know? everybody in the same, the same kind of universe. Yeah, I mean, I'd at, love, I'd but love even to that, I mean, look at you know, from two thousand eight. Maybe click that short right there that says negative energy. Watch that one and see what that one says. Your best friend in the world that you talk to nine times a day, bringing negative energy, is a major problem. That person can't be your best friend. I don't believe cutting your mom out of your life is like quote unquote the right thing to do. I'm a much bigger fan of limiting than the cutting. Negative energy only breathes with negative energy. The only way you stop someone you love from being negative is by cutting the oxygen. Especially if they love you, because then they're like, uh-uh, they're stuck. Your best friend in the world that you talk to nine times a day. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. You don't need to. You, then there's a lot of see the broadness, man. There's just so much, yeah, so much broadness with the stuff too. Like, it's not so centered around specific specific things, you know. Yeah. There's social media. There's entrepreneurship. There's you know negative energy. There's just fucking positivity, bro. Being the best all around. Yeah. Well, the, if, I think the interesting thing about all this is like, you look at someone like him. You look at like the. the the broad swaths of difference of entertainer that have come out of kind of what you would call like an influencer era type thing, like people who got famous from making their own kind of stuff, is you just have such an interesting diversity of kind of content creator. Like of like you know you have this Gary V guy who seems to be very inspirational, very you know upbeat, very much a you know. I would say a wholesome kind of creator, in a sense. Yeah. Like, he's very honest to who he is. Yeah, oh yeah. Even if you think some of what he says... Lives is, his truth. Yeah, even if you think, like, some like anything he says, like, even if you don't agree with him 100%, and, like, you think he's cringy, like, it's, it's an honest type of creation. Like, and I just, then you have someone like Jake and Logan Paul, who I think, in a lot of ways, are almost putting on a performance. Yeah, to gain a following of Yes, yeah. to, like, the whole point was to become rich and famous. Which I don't, I don't know how I, I've never known how I feel about that because I understand it in a way. I mean, I understand the idea of chasing fame and fortune, but also I feel like it is a dishonest way to do this. Oh yeah, it's a dishonest way to to create something, and it's one reason I've I've always said it works better in a way, almost with stuff like like podcasts and stuff like this, because you can continue to put on the performance. But I feel like. Like, I don't know. It's just better when you bear your soul in something. Because you can, t- like, obviously I'm a big fan of movies. You can tell when a movie is made, like a, f- a film, a show is made, and it is something that the creator has looked at, and it's like a genuine, you know, like a bearing of your soul. And in a way, it's a story you've been thinking about for a long time, and you've always wanted to tell. Like, you can tell that there's love, care, and, like, time behind it. Right. As opposed Top to something line. that's yeah. made, you know, to make money. 
Yeah, like cocaine bear. Yeah, <laughs> or something like uh, like you know, like the fact that there's like seven Transformer movies. Yeah. Well, there's going to be eleven Fast and Furious movies. Like what? Yeah. I don't even fucking talk. I don't even want to. I don't even want to hear that. I don't even want to hear that. The, that's you know, awful. That's you. You're doing that because you. They make money. They can't stop. Yeah. yeah, you can't stop yourself. And I understand that you know that in a way the story can't go on, especially after one of the main characters die. That shit makes me mad. <laughs> Uh, drives me nuts, but you know what I mean. The, and I don't know. There's such an argument between these creators because there's a lot of that. You see a lot of people who get in the YouTube slash podcast slash content creation game with the sole intent clearly being to become rich and famous. Yeah. So this is my thing. I don't believe in that. Fuck that. You know, straight up, I don't believe in making the shorts to get rich and famous, bro. Like if you're gonna make the shorts. Make it for a good reason. Make the shorts to empower people and to make them feel better. And then if the money comes from that, then fucking hell yeah, bro. Yeah, awesome. Then awesome. You know? But fuck that. And, like, look up Danny Morrell real quick right here on YouTube. And just check out some of his shorts, bro. Because he... Yeah, right there. Like, man, this guy. Oh, my God. This guy's a fucking... So good. So good. A lot of his podcasts. Some of these are from his podcasts. Uh, like the good men be aligned, masculine men sense insecurity the same way they sense power, and this is why healing and awakening is so important. Because by the way, relationships is the same thing as money. I can tell you right now. I'll show you how to make a million dollars a year easy. The question is, what are the parts in you? that don't believe that that is possible, that doubt and worry about the energy of money, and that in your truest essence, haven't discovered your true ability to generate the energy of money. Because money, it's a reflective energy for what is happening inside of you. The good men, the aligned masculine men. What can you fuck, what can you say about that, bro? That's a, that's a minute long, and I know that's a little deep, and you, you know, but, just so so crazy well it's i mean it's a very introspective kind of reflective way to look at yourself and that's what i'm saying like these guys who do stuff like this like yeah he's probably gonna say some stuff that you know occasionally makes you be like i don't know about that but that's the point this is he's honest because it, yeah it's who he is I mean, it's who he is and that's that's his truth and he's just sharing that with us yeah he is giving you what he believes and what he truly you know what i mean you gotta this is my thing with a podcast and shorts and content like this it's like what do you truly believe is the purpose of this guy uploading this video do you think he uploaded this video to get 7.1 thousand views how much money are you making off of 7.1 thousand views on youtube this video has been up for three months bro like get real well, he's got not- a video right here that how to heal your body and have all your dreams come true it's only got a thousand views it's got 1.5 thousand views but i bet if you watch that that would kind of blow your socks off and like change your perspective a little bit. And that is the point, bro. It's not about the money that you make here. Like in the content that you're making or that I'm making, you know, like it's not about that. It's not about that. For you, it's, it's, to, entertain. A, it's to entertain. It's to make people laugh, you know, to bring them a little bit of joy in whatever shitty scenario that they're having, you know. That, that's, your, that's your goal in your show. And that's great. 
because that's a part of who we are. In my show, I'm trying to do the same thing that Danny Morell is doing. Like, I don't want anything from this. I'm doing this only for the sheer fact that I, like, enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy getting on and talking to people and learning new information and being able to share that information in a way that it's accessible to fucking anybody who wants it. Anybody that's like, yeah, fuck this guy. Like, I'll give it a shot. Let's listen. And then they hear it and they're like, damn. And then it just makes them think. You know, if, if it can just make you change the way that you think, that well, yeah, that's I an mean, impact. If you, you can know? just help with people's thought process for just a moment, or like help somebody get over something, like that's all you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's to... that's the point of all of this. Like, this is like I said, yours is entertainment. You know, mine mine goes into more of like a like a self discovery, self discovery, self realization of the things that are going on that we don't know about. Like, man, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. a crazy. It's it's such an interesting topic to me because like, then you look at like the way this all affects society. Because I would argue that the the people you see most like from the sphere of influencers slash content creation slash whatever you want to call it, the people you see that have the most actual influence, I think are people that do this to get rich and famous. Your Andrew Tate's, your Jake and Logan Pauls, your I think slowly David it's Dobrik's, changing. Your, I think so too because I think slowly I think, things like this and like others I talked about, like you've got Gary Vee and you've got Danny Morrell, then you've got Tony Robbins. What do you know? You've got Steve Harvey and Joe Rogan. These are all. This is the the list of five that These I guys just are, have that are real. That are real. These are people out there that are making shit, that are helping people worldwide you, all the time. You look at another all the comedians that have podcasts. Yeah, another one that's powerful, powerful that has changed my life too. The perspective of Russell Brand, actor. I've heard his. Is super he interesting. used to be so fried out. He used to be so out there and just like was the wildest man in the movies that he made and the way that he lived his life. And this motherfucker completely flipped it upside down, bro. I'm telling you. Like I'm talking going and meditating with monks. Yeah. Came back from the deep end. Came back from the deep end, man. And like it just lives a life now of wanting to spread like love and like just beauty of life to everybody. And it's fucking crazy. It just makes you wonder like, so Russell Brand is one of them. And there's there's so many people out there that ha- that live this truth, you know that it's not just it's not a way to make money for them. It's not no. a they don't see it as a no. It's not a um, way to make money for them, and it's it's a tool to help. It's a tool to spread a message. Yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, which awesome. I th- and I I think that's at the end of the day, yeah, beautiful. That's, awesome. that's, that's awesome. a beautiful way to live. And then because like, it gives you purpose, man. Like I had such a problem for a long time with like what is what is the purpose. You know, like, what's my life's purpose? What is it? I, I work every single day. I get up, I go, I pour concrete, I'm doing my thing. I come home, I take care of my kids. Is this life? Is this purpose? What is this? But that's not it. It's deeper than that, man, you know? And I've come to realize that, you know, in the last month when I've been doing my show, starting my show and getting it going has really opened me up to the fact that, like, there is just so much more to it. It's your life, you know, your, you, your life is a circumstance of what you have done, right? Yeah. So you live that, but also everybody has a, a deeper a deeper purpose, you know, and there are people out there that have a beautiful voice that can let out their story and their perspectives through music. There are people that can draw really well that let out their story and their perspectives through art. 
And there are also people that are really uh, intellectual, that write books, that describe their story and their perspectives really well for people. But then there's also people that do other things. And I truly believe, like myself, I'm a, I'm a very outspoken person, bro. Real loud, real easy to talk to, dumb, not shy, not an anxious person. You know, and that's why I think that podcasting is such a great outlet for me is because the one thing that I'm good at is talking to people, you know, being able to sit down and have a conversation and keep it going and not not get anxious or not get fluttery or keep the or think that I'm doing it wrong. Like I just have a natural flow for it, for speaking and just in general. So this is something that I'm what am I trying to say here? Uh, like learning about myself, you know what I'm saying? And through this podcast, and that is the, that's the purpose yeah. know, that I found for me, which is so cool, bro. When you can look at it like that, it really changes it for you. I think you're doing it the right way. I think it's the big difference. And then, but like, I think the reason people don't do it for those reasons anymore is because it's gotten so big. I mean, that's the reason I have like, you know, I have a pair of Shane Dawson and PewDiePie and I had Fred pulled up earlier. Mm-hmm. Like these were the people when we were young, like when, when YouTube first started and when, you know, me and you were, well, what, YouTube come out like 2010, 2008? Yeah, 2000, 2008, I think. Yeah, we were. We were young, bro. Young kids, but we were old enough that we, you know, we saw the birth. Of it the was internet. the birth of the internet. Really, it was, it was barely the after birth the birth of the, of the internet, internet as we, as we know it now. Yeah, was in was when we were kids and like when dial up when dial up stopped when whenever we shifted from dial up into broadband internet that's whenever YouTube really came about. I yeah, think. it became a whole new thing and that's what. Let's see if I can get back far enough. These are fourteen years ago. This was the kind of stuff people were watching on YouTube. If I can fucking let me get my screen capture on here. There we go. So the people can see what we're watching. It's very nice out. So I think I'm going to go swimming later. My mom found this really cool pool at the dump. It's really big and really deep. I think I might drown. And don't worry, I'll let her in the mail. It might be from my dad. Two Yeah, dude. This this was the content people were watching back in the day. I, I remember. And the world, the things that have changed. Like you look at Shane Dawson. Shane Dawson is someone who has changed just over the course of like since we've been watching. Like Shane Dawson is someone I remember that like my girlfriends used to watch. And then he became like started doing documentaries of YouTubers. Like he did a documentary with Jake Paul like four or five years ago and then he did a documentary with Jeffree Star like four or five years ago and now he's I don't know what he does what is this okay let's talk he just got back on YouTube from his own little he looks like he's controversy been down the hole. yeah he's been in the deep end he's been what is it they've been canceled as they call it now but just the insane difference well, from what you see was being made on this on these platforms 10 years ago to now yeah. what was popular in 2013 that's what's popular on YouTube today it's the shift in consciousness man I swear I swear to it really, it's crazy like you just look at a, like a channel I've always followed like 
Cutie Pie. Old. That's ki- that's yeah, that's an old channel, dude. PewDiePie was the biggest one. PewDiePie He's still one, one of the biggest. PewDiePie was one of the top YouTubers whenever I was a kid. He was the oh god. I remember man. Ray William Johnson was number one, and PewDiePie was like number two, man. Getting all these fucking ads. That's one thing I don't appreciate about YouTube anymore is now you have all these fucking advertisements. But dude, that's even a crazy change. Like, that wasn't a thing Never. for us as kids. Never. There weren't fucking commercials on, on YouTube. YouTube. Never. And now it's just... That's happened in the last, life. like, five... No. Yeah. Ten? Probably five, five, six years. Five? Yeah. Five, six years? Six, oh, you might be right, ten. More like, probably like six, seven. I would say 2015, 2016, 2014 was around we the year. We graduated in 2015. And there were definitely ads there on YouTube. There were definitely then. ads on YouTube then. So, God damn, we're getting old, buddy. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, like, that's, like, th- here's the thing. Like, our kids, our kids don't know that. Don't, they will never live in a world where YouTube was this, where this was what people were making. Where the most famous dude on YouTube was a dude recording himself playing a fucking internet not even a video game made by a developer on a console a video game on the internet yeah you could even look up uh wkuk yes you remember them the wkuk the whitest kids whitest kid you know dude the white one of the whitest kids you know zach crager he makes fucking movies now this is what we're talking about bro like it's insane this game always freaked me the fuck out when I was a kid I never played it spooky dude spooky I played it one time and I was like never playing this shit again let's try that again what well, he himself getting scared scared oh, yeah. shitless fuck that dude that's all he does I mean that was all he did that was all PewDiePie ever did was screen record himself playing terrifying video games and getting the shit scared out of himself Yeah, that's it. And Toast. now you have such... And now not only that, they box each other. They have something called Creator Clash, where YouTubers get together and box. You want to talk about Clash? I seen something the other day that was uh, wrestling basketball. What? Look that up. That's crazy. It's a sport now. This is so fraud, dude. Kristen sent me a stream of this. Right there, the one in the arena. Not the, not the top one, not the top what? one. Not that shit. Fuck that. That's fake. Go down. That one right there in the arena. Look at this. There's MMA basketball now. Watch this, bro. What? This is crazy. Uh, we've covered bizarre sports before. Even bizarre burdens of basketball, ranging from wrestle basketball to donkey basketball. Okay. But I've never seen Watch this shit. No dribbling, bro. This is definitely going on the weird shit on the internet segment on this show from now on. Watch this. Watch. Are they going to fight each bro, other? Bro, they, they body what? slam. What? Wait, just wait till they start fucking you body slamming each other. You in the fucking mouth. Just what, bro, they literally body slam. Oh, with a dunk. I mean, he fucking hit him. Just, dude. Like, directly punched him in the face. What are the rules here? I have no idea. I what don't even know what happens if somebody gets is. knocked out? Bro. 
Do you just dunk over their fucking this is so this shit is so fried corpse? Bro. I guess there's no dribbling. No. Why would there be? I want I was watching a short on like Facebook. They were like suplexing each other and shit, bro. I mean, this looks pretty violent. I mean, this dude's actually playing defense, so respect to him. He's playing like basketball defense. Look at him. That's good D too. He's all over him. Straight up. He's all over him. He said nothing. Put, put bro. the pick up. He did. Oh, he's going for a dunk. Oh, and he just snagged him. Oh, he just football tackled him. Oh, this is the greatest thing. This isn't ever. that good, this though, is, bro. You're you're not even getting the full effects because you're not seeing the like try to kill each other. Yeah, you're not even seeing them suplex each other and shit. See if there's any shorts of it or something. I wish. That's one thing I hate about YouTube now. They don't separate the short content from the like long video content. Oh yeah. Here we'll see if we can. Maybe we type in MMA basketball, and then it'll get us more results. Yeah, bro. Suplex is on the basketball court. Yeah, this seems this just seems like the video we're looking for. Includes paid promotion. Ads, of course. I'm kind of curious. What are you giving me an ad for? Yeah, this is absolutely bonkers, man. I'm telling you. YouTube Premium trying to get me. They're Chinese, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure how this is going to work. Oh, from deep. Yeah. Sink it. Steph Curry. They said that. See, that's how you would win in this league. You get somebody they could shoot, just wall off everyone else, throw that guy the ball. Oh, there's four teammates in this one. Are they doing a five on five? Oh, no. There's The other guys are in red. This is confusing. Look at them, bro. Look how fucking rough they are out there. Their jerseys are all too similarly colored. This is confusing. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Look at this they're crazy just shit. People. I thought he was going to kick him in the head. I mean, they're just doing, like, full-on wrestling. And they're just in there, yeah, running around shooting it. Look, look at this crazy shit, man. What is this? What is he going to throw? Oh, my Lord Jesus. I got to see this. Somebody gets murdered. I just love the aggression. I can't imagine. Oh, missed the layup. Yeah, I bet you do miss a lot of layups. You'd be terrified somebody was going to fucking yeet you over the yeah, cage bro. at some point. He's got a hold of him. Is he going to just throw him? So I'm saying, what are the throw rules here? I don't know if there are any fucking rules. Oh, that guy just scored. What a wild sport. What a, I mean, this is just such a wild... Like, YouTube is like its own whole entertainment platform now. Yeah, I didn't mean you to send be, us down a little oh, hole dude, there, good, but dude. man. My thing, like, you just like... But that's you, what you I'm talking... about. stuff like that. You can find anything on this platform anymore. Oh, dude. You can watch old TV shows. That's what I'm saying. You can watch old episodes of old TV shows. Absolutely everything. The world has changed because of YouTube. The world has changed. We're in a different place. You just imagine what the the bandwidth of YouTube is, you know. 
Like the amount that that is possible to upload, or is it infinite? I know that's. that's... Dude, you could probably make movies. Like, you could probably make a film and put it on YouTube. No, you can dead ass, bro. Like, I'm shocked through YouTube Podbean, doesn't make their own, own my, All my podcast episodes have been an hour plus, and Podbean automatically uploaded them to YouTube. Like, dead ass. My YouTube channel, at Diversity with Devin, it has all of my podcast episodes uploaded to YouTube. Nearly an hour long. That's almost a movie. Dead ass, if you think about yeah. it, bro. It's a short film. You can make a movie and put it like I'm surprised YouTube has like if I put two if I if I were to merge say like my episode three and four, which where I talked to Chris Mills both episodes, if I merge those together into one show, that's a that's a two hour long movie on on YouTube right there. Yeah, sure. that's fucking. Nuts. And you got to think all of Rogan's podcasts are two hours plus, bro. Every single one of them. And they all used to be live on here. Yeah. I think I got. I think we pretty much covered everything I, ha- I have left to talk about, besides the fun stuff that we're getting ready to get into. Yeah, for sure, man. So the only thing that I could think about was our top five fighter list. As I was about to say, we're about to do first team all dime piece, which is a top five list in this show. But the way it works is like picking a basketball team. Everything that you pick, I can't pick, and everything that I pick, you can't pick. And I thought what we could do, since we're both giant MMA fans, is MMA fighters. Okay, cool. So explain to me how this works. So you'll go first, I go first, what's up? You go first, because you are technically like the away team. I'll pull up a list of people, uh, just in case, case, you know, we've forgotten some people. Obviously, I don't think either of us will have forgotten a lot. But I'll pull up a list of the ranking the greatest MMA fighters of all time. I mean, and definitely we'll scroll through everybody real for quick. sure. I mean, I know that you're going to say John Bones for sure, and I could say John Bones for sure. One of my personal well, favorites. Thing. Are we going to go greatest or favorite? I figured favorite would be more interesting. Okay, fav- yeah, we could do favorites for sure. So, uh, for me, your number one pick, favorite no, MMA number one favorite MMA fighter of all time. I'm going to have to say uh, Sean O'Malley. Sugar Sean, Sean. Sugar Sean O'Malley, bud. Put this on the list. For sure. Get down with Sugar Sean O'Malley. Just because, for one, he's absolutely impressive for his age. For two, he um, has a very positive demeanor. You know what I mean? Like, very, very positive character. Does talk shit. I will give him that, but has the ability to back it up, and this goes back, you know, and you can go back and look at fights with him fighting with experienced and seasoned guys that are very good. Piotr Jan, for example, like Sean O'Malley dominated that fight with Piotr Jan, dominated it, and he's knocked out a a handful of of seasoned fighters. Um, Cheeto Vera is the only one that has a a win over Sean O'Malley due to the, the injury, the broken foot. So, Sean O'Malley definitely definitely makes it up there top. Great entertainer, great fighter to watch, uh, and I actually follow him on Snapchat on his uh, his public Snapchat account. I, I follow that and subscribe to that, and he he uh, does a lot of good stuff, bro. He does ice baths, which is so crazy, hella healthy. He does uh, sauna work, eats healthy. You know what I'm saying? So just a lot of really good stuff that I like to inco- I like to see outside of MMA in his life that I like to follow as well too. So definitely Sean O'Malley number one for me, I think. Sean O'Malley number one. I think, obviously I think John is the greatest UFC fighter of yeah. all time. Yeah. However, my favorite, one of my favorites, the, my first pick, the guy who got me, really, really got me into mixed martial arts is Rampage Jackson. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, love Rampage. Rampage is the most entertaining dude. Love Rampage. I've man. ever seen fight. Rampage is nasty as hell. Him, his his fights with with Chuck Liddell. Oh my god. And Vanderlei, man, just so good. And those are old school, man. He, I don't even. I, did he fight in Pride? He may have Rampage. Oh, yeah, he fought. In Pride. Yeah, did he fight in Pride? He's the guy. He Rampage is the one that powerbombed the dude in Pride. Yeah. The dude tried to put yeah, him in the Rampage, Rampage is fucking goosh. Damn, that's a good pick, bro. Rampage is very good. I'm going to tell you, bro, uh, my second pick is going to be... Uh, for me, the ultimate Rampage moment was when him, he was coaching against Rashad and the ultimate fighter. Oh, yeah. And he uh, rips the door apart. <laughs> yeah, like Shrek, bro. Straight up. Straight up. It was so great. Straight up. Animal. Scary. And Scary, he's dude. terrifying man. It's terrifying man. My second pick, if I had to take a guess, bro, would would probably be Valentina Shevchenko. Oh, I love, yeah, I love watching Valentina fight, man. It's just dude, so good, so disciplined, so disciplined, and just like good at everything. Eighteen, good at everything. Good wrestler, good good submission artist, good submission, more striker, kicks, striking. Uh, yeah, bro. Just absolutely fantastic. Love Valentina. She's so good. I think that she definitely came off of a shitty loss against, uh, Grasso. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Alexa Grasso, but Alexa Grasso did a great job, bro. Timed it perfect. Timed the spin perfect. And you can't complain much about that. She'll come back strong and uh, she'll be champ again. She's, she's a fucking animal, bro. Oh yeah. She's the, uh, Valentina is to me for a long time was the scariest woman on the planet i was like that's oh, yeah. she's just no one at can that stop weight, her. I, at that at her weight right now everybody nobody, nobody can touch her i don't think and i think there's a chance and like this is the thing she if you pulls an amanda where she loses in shocking fashion and then is like okay and she comes put, back and dominates and gets the belt back if you put if you put a no submission on mma nobody beats valentina Shevchenko. no no you can't you you can't outstrike her no the only reason, uh, oh god, oh yeah, I love Rampage. Kimbo, big call. Oh, yeah, I forgot this was a heavyweight season. That's yeah, right. bro. That's right. So Kimbo was on this season, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, Valentina's such a good pick. See, they really want to fight each other. Hell, yeah, they did, bro. Yeah, they really did. It wasn't that. I can't wait. For Who you got for your number two pick? <sighs> I'm trying to think here. I'm going to go, you know what? Just because I love him so much, I'm going to go shock here. I'm going to go with. My man George St. Pierre. Oh, GSP. For GSP, sure. baby. I you know what I love about GSP? He's so nice. Literally oh, yeah. the nicest MMA fighter ever. Yeah, he super can't, cool dude. The, and he's a fucking animal, dude. The meanest thing he said to anybody was to to Nick Diaz and to uh, after Matt Hughes beat him. And he wanted to get Matt Hughes. I can't remember if it was Matt Hughes or Matt Sarah. It was Matt Hughes or Matt Sarah after they beat him for the belt. Matt uh Matt Sarah knocked him out. That's what it is, Matt Sarah. And yeah. he wanted Matt to fight him again, and Matt defended the belt. I can't even remember against two. And George came in the cage afterwards in his way of talking trash, and he was like, it was in his French accent, George St. Pierre walking up to Matt Sarah and being like, I was not impressed with your performance. 
So and that was the only shit talk he had. But God, man, could that guy fight? Oh yeah, GSP animal, bro, animal. I mean, he was just. He had that mean jab, and he was one of the best wrestlers the UFC had ever seen. I mean, you just couldn't do anything to him. And then he came back and beat and choked out Michael Bisping. Yeah, choked out Michael Bisping for the middleweight title and uh, retired at the top like a captain. Yeah, for sure. Because animal, so good, dude. They said, uh, oh, I, I remember he choked out Michael, and they were like, are you going to fight Robert Whitaker? And he was like, no, dude, I'm my not num- going to do all that. My number three, man, shit. I wonder if I could find that I was not impressed by your performance when you think about a number three. It's so hard, man. There's so many good fighters out there. Well, it's hard to think of, like, all the people you've watched over your life. Who's your favorite? Yeah, who you like to see consecutively. You know who's one guy that I really like that's on the come up that I think is going to be nasty as fuck? Is uh, Ian Gary, man. I'm really looking forward to seeing him a lot more. I think he's got great potential. He does have great potential. Ian Gary, yeah. Oh, Ian Gary. Here we go. Oh, God. Look how young Joe Rowe. I'm very glad you won that fight, Joe's got hair. I am not impressed by your performance. And I look forward to fighting you in the near future. GSP is not impressed. Hell no, he's not. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, man. Like, GSP yeah. is the best. But you got you to understand that like, that's just straight up truth. And oh, no, it's changed so much no, since then. Because, you know, now they talk wild shit to each other. Back Col- then. Colby Covington is the absolute worst. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Here we go. My mother is going to Mexico on Monday. Sent the last message. Love you three guys so much. See you when I get home. She's so excited, bro. She's going to Cozumel for a week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Excited. She's going deep sea fishing. She gets to go scuba diving. She's going to have a great time. Tell her to be careful down there. Oh, yeah. I have a thousand times for sure. Don't go. Yeah. She's sticking sticking to to the hip of my, my aunt's. Yeah. There's five of them going. Oh, good call. They're all going. Good call. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, don't go anywhere. You know, like, no no visits to, no visits to Guadalajara. <laughs> yeah, no. They're uh, they're going. They got a uh, dude. They got like a beach house. Like, dude, so nice. Yeah, no visits to Juarez. You yeah, know, no, hell boy. no. Hell no. <laughs> Mom, have a great time. I know you're not going to be listening, but I hope you have a great, great, great ass time. Yeah, there right Mexico. Might tell her if you're on here, she might listen. Who's your third pick, sir? Man, third pick, I'm going to have to go with Justin Gaethje probably. Justin I Gaethje? Just, yeah. I love Justin Gaethje. He is – he's not really – I wouldn't consider him a great um, – but I love to watch him. You know, he, he's, he's got such good heart, such compassion to fight, and heart doesn't give up unless he literally gets put to sleep, which is – Sad to watch live when it happens, but I, I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing him because he goes out there and he swings for the fences, man. He's connected and he's knocked some guys out cold. And there's nothing like seeing somebody get killed on live, you know? Yeah. It's, there's nothing like watching somebody get absolutely Who you got for number three? <laughs> murdered. For number three. Probably Max. Oh, damn. I was going to pick Max for my next one. Yeah, Dude. Max is killer, bro. Max is one of the. Uh, Hall of Fame for me, straight up one of the greatest. I can't remember one of, one of oh my god, my favorite, the best, of one of the time. best ever. For me, the moment Max won me over as one of my favorite fighters of all time 
see if I can find it. Where he's, I can't even remember who he's fighting, but he's, he draw, drew like a line in the sand and was like, basically like, come bang, motherfucker. And oh, they right stood in, the in front of each other Hell and yeah, just bro. started winging them. I'm pretty sure. Like, oh my God. Here we go, against Ricardo Lamas. Oh, the one with Calvin Cater. He's like, I'm the best boxer in the UFC, dodging his punches. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah, they just agreed oh, to yeah. fucking bang it out. Laptop's running a little hot right now. He says, come on, let's do it. Bro, go back. Go back to the one with Calvin Cater. Dude. The one with Calvin Cater is so good. That's where when he fought Ricardo Lamas and he basically just said, come stand right in front of me and we'll just fucking hit each other. That's what happened. Till one of us fucking goes down. That's what happened at the end with him and Arnold Allen, bro. I swear to God, the, the last 15 seconds they were banging and then he clipped Arnold Allen on the chin and dropped him. This one's nasty. I'm... This is so nasty right here. It was like, I'm the chills. Be- he talks. He talks to Dana White and says, I'm the best boxer in the UFC. Why is, why is Bob and Calvin Cater's punch is nasty as fuck? He's the best. So, so He's nasty. He's the best. He is, he is the best, bro. One, like, He's so entertaining in the cage. Yeah, bro. God, I should have picked Max as my number one. Fuck, I'm so stupid. He's so good. 631 strikes and counting in God. the fifth round. Putting the heat on, bro. Look at him. Bullets, bro. Oh, my God. Look at that. I'm the best boxer in the fucking UFC. They give me cold chills, bro. Animal. Max Holloway. The best boxer in the UFC, baby, as he's dodging punches. Animal, I mean, bro. he's standing right in front of him. I mean, I mean the fact that he couldn't hit him. He's standing in front of this man. Animal, bro. Max is an animal. Speaking of Max, my number four pick, bro, since you chose Max for your number three, my number four pick is Alexander Volkanovsky. Woo! Oh, God, we lost the camera. Go ahead. You keep talking. Dude, Volk is the man. Listen. Volk is the man. Speaking of Max Holloway, listen, bro, nobody. People can't touch Max Holloway. Max Holloway is the number one contender right now because Volk is the champion. Him and Volk have fought three times, and Max just cannot beat Volkanovski because Volk is a fucking animal. He's a freak of nature. He's an animal. And we... I mean, he's... Oh, dude. dude. Oh, it's Here's the thing. You can make the argument that Volk is the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter on... Well, number two pound-for-pound pound fighter on Earth. But, dude... I've made the argument. I think he won that fight against Islam Makachev. I think he won. Okay, what anyone says. I will fucking stand ten toes down. Alexander Volkanovsky won that fucking fight. Yeah, bro. Backpacking the whole time. This is the thing. 
Volk it was glad to get up and do it again. He's like, look, we'll go. We'll go I'll fight you. On, I'll fight you again. We'll go round two. It's and Islam don't want it. No, he Islam said, Nah, I'm good on that. He actually. don't want the round two, and that's what that's what it'll come down to, bro. Is Islam not wanting the round two? But my number four, Volk, bro. What you got? Ah, uh, four. I'll go Connor. Dude, when Connor was in his prime, Connor in his prime was unstoppable, man. This not is, even uh, like force to be reckoned with, and that's why I chose Ian Gary, dude, for my number three because Ian Gary is a prospect of Irish coming up strong, man. You know what I mean? And he's he will probably be the next Connor McGregor that we see in the UFC. I hope so, I hope dude. So for too. me, it's not even about Connor's acumen as a fighter, which is higher than people give him credit for. People talk about Connor being overrated all the time. It's fucking ridiculous. Connor was beating people down in the featherweight division. I mean, smoking them. Chad Mendes, Dustin Poirier, Max Holloway, Jose Aldo, beat all of them. Beat all, not only beat all of them, finish them. Put them to sleep. And then yeah. what he, for me, the cementer is what he did to Eddie Alvarez. He made Eddie Alvarez look like they weren't even, they didn't belong in the same cage together. No. And no. Eddie Alvarez is a fucking veteran. veteran world yeah. champion. Was veteran. world champion in the UFC, world champion in Strike Force. Bellator. Yeah. Not Strike Force. But still, I mean, multiple time world champion. Legit dude. Not like a bum. And Connor made it look like he was fighting a fucking amateur. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just stood in front of him, was, put Animal. his hands behind his back, Animal. hit him with combinations I've never seen anyone be able to mimic. And Connor had the real good combos, too, man. Just like four, three, four piece combinations that just sat but people dude, for down. me, it was the entertainment value. He's the greatest shit talker yeah. in UFC history. I, I like Sean O'Malley. He does a good job, too. He does a good job, too. But n- nobody has the one liners. Like, I'll never forget. He shut Jeremy Stevens down with one sentence. Jeremy Stevens was talking shit about being the hardest hitting 145er, and all Connor had to say is, who the fuck is that guy? And everyone remembers that. Everyone. Yeah. He's just so quotable. He's been so entertaining. He's, he's and now the, he's the face of Proper 12, you know, like he, he made Proper 12. He's, he's fucking the first stupid rich and famous fighter now. that is bigger than the UFC. When him when he comes back and him and Michael Chandler fight, that will be one of the biggest pay per views. Oh yeah. yeah, God, I can't wait! I can't wait for him to be on the Ultimate Fighter. I can't fucking wait. He was on the Ultimate Fighter against Uriah Faber, and it... why are you turning off? What is your problem, sir? That doesn't make no sense. But dude, when he was on the Ultimate Fighter with Uriah Faber, it wasn't as fun because Uriah didn't and like. Engage yeah. in as much of the shit talk as I think Michael Chandler will. Oh, Michael Chandler will definitely eat it up, bro. But for my number five, probably I would have to say, uh, man, my favorite fighters. Number five. If you want me to go four first, give you a little bit of time to think. What is it? So you want me to get four out? For, oh, I think I have four. I picked Connor, didn't I? That's yeah, right. yeah, you picked you picked Connor. Oh, yeah. I don't even know who I picked for five. That's a good question. Depends who you pick, really. Man. God, Randy Couture. That's someone who's Animal, bro. too early past my time. But God, what a fucking beast. And what we've seen, yeah, animal dude. He was a six-time champion. Won the the light heavyweight title three times. Won the world the heavyweight title three times. I mean, what a beast! Ooh, uh, ooh. 
If Ronda Rousey wouldn't have quit and went, quit Dude, went I was, WWE. I was in love with Ronda. I was in love with her. Yeah, she was a bad bitch. Bro. I thought she, she was, was the most one of ass. the most beautiful creatures on earth. She was busting bitches up. Obviously, then she got murdered by Amanda Nunez. Well, Holly Holm killed her too. Yeah. Oh my God, Joanna Young Daytrex an animal too. Dude, Joanna, that might oh I should have. Should have got Yuana in there somewhere instead of like GSP. God, I used to love Yuana too. Yuana's really good, man. Really, really good. Nah, I regret. My it. thing, I, dude, this is so hard. The last one to pick. I really, really, really like watching uh, Israel Adesanya, bro. He's probably going to be my number Dude, five. Dude, he's... I love watching Izzy just because, man, he's so technical with it, and he gets in there, and he puts on a fucking show. Dude, and what he just did to Alex Pereira, Pereira? Oh, my nasty. God. I mean, he hit him with the fucking... The Wee Chung, Jesus Christ, holy shit combo. Right down the pipe, too, bro. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. Who you got for number five? Mm. I'm gonna have to go with Israel Adesanya though, man. He's new, but he he'll run a legacy up, bro. He'll he'll end up like Anderson Silva. He'll oh, be yeah. a great amongst uh a great one. I think number five. Let me just look around here. Favorite fighter? My last pick, um, the spider, Anderson Silva. Yeah. I mean, dude. You can't really go wrong with Anderson probably Silva. Probably pound for pound. I would say one of the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Top, if you're not going to say number one, top three. But top pound three. for pound, probably the most entertaining fighter ever. Because you, at any moment you were watching Anderson Silva fight, you knew. You were like, I could see Something's gonna the happen. wildest knockout I've ever Something's seen in my happen. life. Yeah. Like when he when me when he when stood, he fucking kicked Vitor Belfort. This is exactly what I was getting ready to say. When he front kicked Vitor Belfort into the shadow realm. Yeah, I was just like this dude. And he did that to everybody. I mean, yeah, he flying. He fought Rich uh, Franklin and need him into oblivion. Yeah, oh yeah. And then he almost. It felt like he tried to murder Vitor Belfort. Talking about knees, man. Uh, uh, Edson Barboza animal came back uh and fought on that last card with max holloway against uh billy quarantino billy q you ever watch him billy q came in dude for a right hook and edson barboza jumped up and kneed him on the fucking chin and put the lights out son shut him off instantly like just a finishing artist bro so beautiful so good just like Anderson Silva, you dude. Know. It's just in Barboza, just technical. Oh yeah, dude. The, they, it's that lightning quick. For me, there were like the thing about Anderson that's so different. Like it's it's how I feel about John too. But John is John's so inconsistent and goes away from the game so much that I've, it's just kind of hard for me to you know to fall in love with him like I used to. Yeah. With Anderson, it, there was a time it didn't feel like anybody could beat Anderson Silva. Like he was just in the fucking matrix. Yeah. And everybody else like, is trying to catch up. <laughs> I feel like that's John now. I really do. Because now now that John has walked through Cyril gone, once he beats Stipe, nobody, nobody at heavyweight will touch him now that Francis Ngannou has left the UFC. Nobody. Nobody. No, I agree with that. 
Nobody straight up. Nobody. John Jones will, will dominate the heavyweight division until he retires, probably. Right. Well, we're going to move to this this next segment, which is a segment I'd call Am I Wrong, where I give you a hot take and you got, and you and the audience will tell me if I'm wrong about it. Right, this is what it. I was telling you about earlier. Am I wrong, Devin Sitto? I think Nate Diaz, the man getting ready to box Jake Paul, is the most overrated MMA fighter of all time. No, I don't think you're wrong. I think, I think I think he's got a big fan base. I think they love him. He, he has and a I huge, think he's great. He has a huge fan base because of his ability to withstand punishment. Punishment. Especially from very famous fighters. You're fucking talking about Conor McGregor three times. You're talking about Jorge Masvidal twice, I think. You're talk I mean just and these are wars. Don't get me wrong. These are fights that are they're beating the shit out of each other, man. You know, like beating the shit out of each other. So people like give that credence in a way. But like I think Nate gets the same level of respect as like a guy of like like the, like the guys we're talking about right here in this list, like the level of like the GSPs and the the Chuck Liddells and the, but here's the thing about Nate. I Nate has never been able to beat the guy. Nay has always been the guy who gets beat up by the guy. Yeah. Like, and, and, and hate, don't get me wrong, not in every instance, Nate has been the guy to put the hurting down. Uh, he has whooped some ass. Nate's big moment that everyone became a fan of him was when he beat Connor. Takes the fight, which is incredible. Takes the fight on eight days' notice. Talks eight, Connor talks a freight train of shit to him, mostly because he's trying, you know, he, this is a new opponent. I've got a week to sell this. Let's make it interesting. But him and Connor just have instant chemistry with each other, talking shit. They're just talking shit. Beef and beef and beef. Yeah. And it's this perfect storm of Connor was the most famous combat athlete on earth. And they were talking all this shit. And then Nate beats him. You know, Nate hits him with a couple punches. Connor gasses out. Connor gasses out, by the way, because he was fucking Nate up in that first round. Yeah. Because yeah, he was, put, he yeah. tried to put Nate away and he couldn't. But it was because he was dominating him in the first. I don't care what anyone says. First round of Connor, Nate won was ten eight. Connor, I mean Connor was putting the heat on. Yeah, him. that's that's when he realized it was when Connor was Connor. You're not going to knock this guy out. Yeah, like that. it was when Connor was Connor, and he was just. And he walked out there with all the confidence the world is. I'm going to do what I do to everybody. I'm going to hit him with a couple combinations, and this dude's going to go fucking down. But he went down, and he never went out, and then Conor gassed. And when Nate choked him out, Nate became one of the most famous fighters in the UFC. Because he put it into Conor McGregor? Yeah, he ended Conor McGregor's big run up top. But then Conor came back, and they they had a war. A war. One of the best UFC fights ever. But I think, in my opinion, Conor clearly won. He was clearly... He did more in that fight. And I think... Ever since then, Nate has kind of coasted on the reputation of, one, Nick was incredibly tough. But the fact that he's incredibly tough and he had this super almost Rocky-like win over Connor, despite the fact that Nate, we've never, none of us have ever looked at Nate and been like, Nate as a top five fighter in the UFC. Oh, yeah, no. No. That's but, the thing to me about Nate Diaz. But he career. holds credence because he is tough as fuck. Yeah. And, and Nick Diaz, same way. Nick Diaz has had some good knockouts in his day, though. But both of them just literally stupid fucking tough, bro. But here's the difference. But I definitely... Nick, I, Nate, I would say at one point Nick was a top five fighter on earth. Nick was yeah. incredible. That's what people forget about Nick. Is well, see, Nick, the problem Nate is... Nate has overshadowed Nick because of beating Connor. 
Nick is by far the better fighter. So Nick should have stayed and honed more in the UFC, but I think Nate should have just stayed and stuck in a boxing, and he really he really could have been championship material. But this is all this is all just food for thought, you know. Yeah. But I definitely don't think so. I think that uh, you're right about Nate Diaz's performance being overrated for sure. For sure. For sure. Well, what me, else you got on there? Is that it? I mean, we can end the show right here with uh, would, some would you rather's. Fun way to have entertaining conversations. Yeah, fuck yeah. So, this will tell you about your movie taste, Devin. Would you rather watch nothing, be stuck for the rest of your life watching nothing but horror movies or Hallmark movies? Hallmark movies. Really? Not a fan of scary movies, brother. I did not expect that from you. Not a fan. Well, okay, let's pause and rewind. Horror or like thriller? Like straight up horror films? No. But like thriller movies, suspense movies? Sure. So, you're not like a slasher guy? No. Like you, you pulling up that uh, the Slenderman. That's not my mojo, bro. Now you're saying now you're dead. Like so, like the no. new Evil Dead movie. Yeah, I just don't out. fuck with that. Now fuck with like it? the the scary movies that I will watch are like the uh, maybe like the the late seventies, early eighties Freddy movies. Not Meryl yeah. Elm Street. Uh, you Bangers. know, not even really truly a fan of the Halloween movies. I've seen the original, the nineteen eighty original Halloween. That's Spook- it. Never watched spooky. it. Never watched any others. Just not a fan, He's bro. Not a big, not a big, not a fan of villain. But scared. but see, I am I am a very big fan of the paranormal, spirits and ghosts and UFOs and ETs and all that shit. Feel like a and sci-fi guy more. Yeah, man. Yeah, not so much horror though. But yeah, horror Hallmark. I'm definitely watching Hallmark for I sure. Mean, I mean, listen, I'll say horror movies. I think I could probably figure. I don't know though. There's so many different. Like Hallmark movies are entertaining. Okay, this is my thing. I like to corroborate it now with horror movies bring about negative energy, and a Hallmark movie is not going to bring about negative. It's going to bring about positive energy, right? That's true. So in the essence, I'm I'm preferring that suspense movie. I I could probably get by with that because I like the edge a little bit. Yeah, but I feel like there's only so long you can watch Hallmark movies. Until what? you like turn into a grandma, yeah. Before <laughs> eventually, Devin, you're just yeah. like, no, I know. Well, no, well, you become a man opening a bakery, <laughs> right? No, <laughs> my mom's actually a super good, uh, super good baker. So I, I, I could learn. I could learn. I could learn. He said, "I could." I could you got? You got any more? Be a Hallmark movie. Uh, would you rather always be ten minutes late or twenty minutes early? Twenty minutes early, always. See, I feel like I would say the same thing because I. But the, I'm sure for different reasons. I'm, I'm sure you're very punctual. I'm one of those guys that is early no matter what, really. It's just kind of been ingrained in me throughout my life. It's like, just show up a little bit early. It doesn't matter. You know, so if I got to be, you, and a lot of the time here lately, I'll just give you an example. I've been working in Madison. From my house to Madison, it's like 25, 30 minutes. Like 25 probably. But uh, I'll leave my house at like 8, 8, 8 I'll get to Madison at, well, yeah, like if, if I'm meeting up with the guys for work at like 9 Jesus. on the job site, I'll leave it like 8.05. That way I can get down there. If I That way if something happens, if I get out there and I realize I don't have gas in my car or I get out there and realize I need to stop and get a drink or do whatever, that I have time, you know, because I'm always early. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, definitely, definitely would rather be 20 minutes see, early. See, I would rather be 20 minutes early, but it's because the opposite. I'm the guy that's always five minutes late. I'm never on time for anything. That's something that my fiance has changed in me because she's a very punctual person. So I have to be punctual now. Otherwise, I get in trouble with the old lady and that's never a good time. 
so I'm I'm becoming more punctual. But when I was single, I was late to every. If I told you I was going to be there in ten minutes, it was going to be half an hour before you saw me. Right. So right. to be the guy that was always twenty minutes early would be so wild to me. I'm like, I feel like I would get so much done. I, <laughs> I feel like I would be so successful. I was even the same way when I was younger, and I was working in like factories and stuff, working at like Walmart, DC, and stuff like that, and Ison. I would I would straight up show up like 30 minutes early and it was just like this thing that was embedded in me bro but uh a year in prison or a year at war year at war fuck prison bro jail sucks that's what i'm saying jail sucks bro at least in war you're able to go and you're able to get perspective and see different things and you know don't get me wrong war is horrible but at, I mean, least at least if you the, go to war, you have an opportunity to invoke change. Prison, give you appreciation fucked. of life. Yeah, appreciation of life. In prison, you're just fucked. You're staring at the walls. I've been in jail for four days, and it sucks ass. Not a fun time. Hate it. <laughs> Not a fun time. Spoken like a man who has been to jail. I've hey. only been in jail for 36 hours, and I was still like, fuck this. Four days. Fuck four. every part of this. Look, I know guys have been in there for six months, bro. Like... Oh, I know, years. Dudes, I know a dude who went to prison for years. And they were like, nah, prison is not the move. Zero out of ten would not recommend. Yeah, hell yeah. 100% war. Would you rather be chronically over or underdressed? Chronically over or underdressed? Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's a question right there, man. Dangerous. Um, Overdressed because you can always take layers off, right? Or is this yeah. like chronically no, overdressed like, where like you're fucking, you keep it on all the time, you're fucked? No, like, I don't mean like overdressed like layers. I mean like you're wearing a suit to fucking. Oh, like night. you're either super fancy or you're bumming all the yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, dude, damn. Uh, I feel like that's even more difficult to think about. Because uh, here's the thing everyone says, oh, you want to be comfortable? I'm like, yeah, you have to go to like a funeral. Nah, see, fuck <laughs> I'd rather be bumming all the time, straight up, because I'd rather be comfortable. See, I'm. I want. I want to say that, but deep in my soul, I know I'm an extra bitch. So I'd probably be overdressed. I feel that. I probably just that. show up fancy as fuck to everything. I feel that. Uh, would you rather give up cursing or ice cream? Ice cream, a thousand hundred percent. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like I could give up anything. Ice cream's know? actually bad for you. I don't think. Well, here's the thing: like cursing or anything. I don't know that I could stop cursing. No, I definitely would not. I know that, that that's inside me. <laughs> Yeah, as a person i'm just right. like no nah, I, I don't know if i could do that would you rather have fortune or fame um fortune to be able to help people i agree i think if i have fortune fame will follow i think for me it would be fame but it would depend on what the fame was for you know what i mean like i to have in the because having fame you'd have influence like you'd have so much influence over people and the way right. people look at you and with influence comes power. Yeah, power comes and, and, and right. how you can control things. I get that. But I get also, that. like... I guess it's just... A, you can't really answer that question because perspective matters, right? But I would also like to be famous in the way that, like... Not completely, because I don't... You know, I'm not a feed guy like he is. But, like, in the way that, like, Quentin Tarantino is famous. Like, everyone looks at his movies and they're like, oh, he's a, fu- he's a genius. He's a cinematic genius, and he is. Legend. That would be incredible. Legend. Legend. Yeah, just, just, oh, yeah. just yeah. be able to build stories. To, like the legacy. Yeah. That's more what I, I, I would say. And then the last one I have for you is spend a year entirely alone, like completely isolated by yourself, or be homeless. Uh, you're in isolation for sure. Think so? Yeah. So my thing is, is I've done a lot of research, and this is for anybody listening. Go check out my podcast because I'm going to do a little bit of uh, research and you know explanation on this. Uh, the alone is very important, man. The alone is where we find solace 
and who we really are, right? This is where meditation comes into play. And I've done a lot of research, man. There are, there are fucking monks in temples across the world that we don't know about that, that don't move their bodies. They're physically fit and they're, they're very vital and capable, but they don't, they don't move. They sit in meditation for 12 to 15 hours a day and, and they don't, they don't do much of anything. Right. And, uh, they're, they're like they're said to be like very 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 highly intellectual and in touch beings with whatever it is bro god the source of creation whatever 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 term you want to call it that makes it feel home for you that's what these monks are connected to like all the time they're very very like and they have like psychic powers i know this is kind of hard to grasp but there's like proof of this shit and um all that comes from the being alone from no external distraction, like nothing, bro. So, like, I would 100% pick the year of isolation because I feel like a lot of truth can be found in a year of absolute isolation as opposed to being homeless. If you're homeless, like, fuck that, bro. You could find places to sleep. Like, not yeah. a big deal. But in the essence, there is a big deal in the being alone, and I kind of wanted to dive in and touch on that real yeah, quick. I think, I think it depends, like, what, like what you mean, like, I think the hardest thing for me, like, I think if you'd asked me this question three years ago, it would have been really easy for me to just be like, oh, yeah, I can isolate myself completely, no problem. I think being away from my family now would be the only thing that oh, would yeah, bother yeah, me. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. And let me let me go back and touch on that. Like, if my if my children and my wife were taken care of and everything was out of the question, yeah. and if this was just like a, you either had the opportunity for you to be homeless or for you to be in self-isolation for a year, I would pick the self-isolation. As long as everything was taken care of and the yeah. circumstances aligned up for it. Well, obviously, you know? like, but I'm, my point is more like, could you spend a year by yourself? Yeah. Or would you rather, oh, yeah, like, for sure. Like, like Connor told me he would rather be homeless because I think Connor was, like Connor Stewart, it was more like, you know, like I think for him it would be like isolation would kind of drive me crazy. Right. But right. I think it's all just like. But that, see, that, that, that's something. That right there in itself, like that is, that's a very powerful message to yourself. Well, yeah, and, and not only that. Like, but people, a lot of people don't realize that. There's man. a question of like, could it drive anybody crazy? Because, you know, humans, we are social creatures. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. You do need human connection right, right as much as like i'm very anti-personal and i don't like to talk well, to see, people the thing the thing the thing that really Shit, shakes uh, you're good the thing that really shakes me up about it is there are there are scientific experiments of people that do remote viewing and this is meditation but but entering spaces and viewing things just purely through consciousness with no physical form, just with their minds. It's just like telekinesis in a way. Some crazy shit, man. That sounds awesome. Some pretty crazy stuff. But listen, I don't have a whole lot of time. I got to pick up a pizza from Domino's, so we are going to have to cut oh, it shit. off and run. Yeah, you're good, bro. Well, if you want to promote your show real quick. Uh, yeah, anybody that's listening, all the information that we've talked about, me and Kyle today, all this stuff, I feel like it's all related. It all ties together, you know, and uh, it's real important. And if you... Give yourself some time to dive in. You really find out some cool and interesting shit. So if you want to find my show, like we talked about earlier, it's pretty much on every major podcasting platform, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, you know, all the good stuff. Uh, I have a Facebook page, and that's at Diversity with Devin. Uh, and you can find links to the show there and updates. And, yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for let, having me on. Oh, it's been great to come no back problem. and talk, brother. And uh, like you said, you guys can find Devin and the Diversity in Life podcast anywhere you find podcasts. You can find us 
at the Planet Comedy on Instagram and Facebook, the PCP Gang on Twitter. You can find us at the same places, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazon, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you guys look for podcasts. And yeah, uh, thank sure. you guys for joining us. Thank you, Devin, for joining me. I hope you know, you've know got the first three episodes of your show. I hope your show, all the success in the world. Yeah, man, uh, appreciate congratulations it. Congratulations to your wife and, and her show episode coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah. We didn't even get to that touch was, on that. Uh, uh, yeah, That'll be for another time we can touch on that. It comes out tomorrow. So uh, there's a podcast by Leslie Fear. It's out on Spotify, and, and I'm pretty sure most. on Tuesday, so this will have come out on yesterday, Monday. Uh, no, it comes out tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. Monday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, our, our episode, this our is episode, out okay. Tuesday. Okay, yeah, it's cool. So, so yeah, yeah, it comes out on Monday, April the 24th. It's been out yesterday. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah. Go check it out, you guys. You guys go check that out. That's going to be a very, very interesting conversation between uh, my wife and a uh, host of the podcast. So, yeah, you guys go check that out. And, uh, and you guys send listen. all the love and thanks for listening. You guys have a great show. Peace, love, and recovery. Peace.